Join me as I highlight small businesses in the craft industry with interviews on-site at distilleries, breweries, and more. This podcast is all about getting to know the people behind the craft, celebrating their hard work, and of course, having a few samples along the way. Welcome to Crafted Conversations. In this episode, I traveled to Weston, West Virginia to visit the Man Cave Distillery and had the pleasure of speaking to the family behind it all. Father and daughter duo Stephen and Kelly Mann joined me for a conversation discussing their business and the unique character of small craft distillery in parts on a distillation process out there in the sticks of West Virginia. Stephen and Kelly were more than gracious and I really enjoyed my time with them. If you enjoyed this episode and others we've done, I'd appreciate it if you follow us on social media and also follow us on your preferred podcast platform and leave a rating and review. We currently stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and others. And soon we'll be doing this show in full video format, so stay tuned. Now let's get to my conversation with Man Cave. Cheers. All right, well, Stephen, we're here in, is it Weston, West Virginia? Yes, this is technically Weston, but we're on the outskirts of Weston, which is literally bordering Jane Lou. Okay. Awesome. Well, the reason why I'm here is I I, I found you online and some small distillery out in the sticks of West Virginia. It's pretty cool to come see your little operation and try out your your spirits. So thank you for having me, of course, here in the distillery. No problem. Um, So tell me about yourself and how you got into the business. All right. I work for CISA, uh, Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency. Um, That's my day job. Uh, This is kind of my quote unquote hobby which takes up most of my life here. <laughs> uh, anyway, how I got into this, my I was when I was working at CISA, when I start, started at CISA, my boss, who was the director at the time, tried some of my homemade uh, whiskey, and he basically finished off the bottle that I took, took to his house, <laughs> he and his father. His father chased me out the door to for the rest of the bottle, <laughs> and the next morning, he... Came into my office, closed the door behind him. I thought I was fired. He says, you know, you're the best IT person I've got here. He says, but you need to quit this job and go make that whiskey for a living so I can buy it from you. He said, that's the best whiskey I've ever had. And I've had, I have whiskey from all over the world. Wow. So I said, huh, okay. I don't know about quitting my job, but you know. Uh, then I came home. I asked, told my wife, I said, hey, what do you think about opening a distillery? And she just about killed me. <laughs> um, right. True story. So she's hashed it out for a while and she decided, started looking at the numbers. She couldn't break the numbers. Of course, we didn't know about 90% of the taxes at the time. Right. Had we known about the taxes, there in no way in hell we'd have done this. <clears throat> and my daughter can probably hear, uh, can uh, vouch for that. <laughs> so we started building. Uh, I knew, I already knew where the water was. It was, I was... Water's perfect on this farm. It produces about 110 gallon a minute. And it's one of those things that, you know, I really wanted to do something with the water, but I never really knew what. And this was a perfect opportunity to use the water. Right. So we started developing the water source up on the mountain and we have pictures and and videos on our website to where we hand dug that out. Cool. And then it got excavator in there and buried it a couple times. Um, Ultimately, we got the water developed up top. And we started building the distillery and built the distillery in about two years. Cool. 
We built everything ourselves. This is this was not a this was a barn where you're sitting here. Uh, so we tore the barn down, replaced, and uh, put the big steel building up. And we call it the TARDIS because it looks bigger on the inside than it does on the outside. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> it's deceptive because it sits kind of below the road there. Right. But you know, fifty by seventy-five building, uh, thirty-seven feet tall, I think. It's got three floors built inside the building here. Yeah, it's a cool space. Perfect. But. And all that time, we got it all done. We opened up in December 15th, 2018, and we've been working at it ever since. We have 27 international awards. Wow. Next year, I expect we will have how many, Kelly? Another 25. Wow. Yeah, another 25. Good Lord. Estimate, because if we get what we did this at the SIP Awards this last time, we got eight awards out of seven products. So we got all medal on every product, plus we got the Innovation Award on our Moonshine, which... We didn't even know what an innovation award was at the time. Sure. So once we got that taken care of, we've got that figured out. We say, hey, what's the innovation award? Well, apparently it's awarded about 9.7% of distilleries worldwide. And the SIP awards is really unique because only about 30% of entrants win anything. Right. Whereas the World Spirits competition is about 50%. Yeah, right. So <clears throat> we did win. This, we won all, all of our products two years in a row at the at the world spirits competition and then we just did the sip awards and if we get the, a similar result this year we'll also get the consumer choice awards on the seven products which would give us two awards per product and potentially another innovation award because we have an upcoming product which i'm not going to tell you what it is because i'll get <laughs> killed right by my daughter right here <laughs> but it's very unique and it has a no category at the at the, at the ttb wow so they don't even know how to deal with it right now it's it's something new. I guess the last thing that was new was what thirty years ago. Wow. Okay. So. Well, that's pretty neat. <clears throat> so we're looking at potentially a new category of liquor, paving the way. So this episode was recorded a couple months ago, prior to Man Cave releasing this new spirit that Stephen is alluding to. In December, they released Ambrosia, a spirit distilled from West Virginia maple sap. There is so little sugar in unprocessed tree sap that the fermentation process can take months before it's ready for distillation. Now, Stephen claims this spirit category doesn't exist yet, and based on my knowledge and research, this seems to be true. That being said, I hope to visit Man Cave again soon and get the full Ambrosia experience. It is really, really unique. They let me try some when I was there uh, before it was bottled, and now that it's out there, it's making some waves in the news in the spirits industry, so uh, stay tuned. What all do you make? What, what's your... Okay, currently we make whiskey, vodka, moonshine, gin, and rum. Okay. Our bourbon is coming out as soon as I get the labels printed. Cool. We have a four-year bourbon coming out. Okay, so you just poured the vodka. We just yep. had the vodka. Tell me about the vodka. Um, the vodka is probably one of our first products. Um, we had the moonshine, the vodka, and the whiskey. And the the whiskey. Well, the whiskey was six months in. Yeah, and the uh, the small barrel whiskeys. Yeah, which we that sold was the six month one. Yeah, it sold out pretty yeah. quick. Um, but we those are the that was one of the first products we did. Uh, our first iteration of the vodka was not that great. But uh, after we figured out what we did wrong, or my son figured out what we did wrong, he, uh, we have had gold medals on it pretty much ever since. Wow. So that one's got a gold medal to World Spirits Competition, John Barleycorn, and the SIP Awards. Okay. So it's very smooth. Uh, it's very clean. There's no, no headache and hangover or hangover from anything we make. And that's been across the board. That's Good. kind of one of my requirements because, <laughs> you know, I can't deal with hangovers. I have no. everything on the... Most of the stuff like uh, Jim Bean, pop off vodka, any any of those 
Patron, all those give me a hangover. Right. That's just um, mass produced. Yeah. And none of my products will give you a hangover. I don't care how much you drink. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. That, that's very good vodka. <laughs> um, is it, what is it grain? Is it That right? is made from corn. 100% corn. corn. Wow. Our mash bill is corn. Everybody's like, well, what else is in it? Uh, corn. <laughs> That's good. And my mash bill is corn. <laughs> um, the only thing that's not made out of corn is the rum okay. and the new one we're coming out with. Gotcha. Well, part of part of why I love this too, and, and I mean that that speaks to this is that you know you had made you'd been mentioned some of the big players, but what makes this special is that you're you got a little bit more intimate relationship with the craft, right? Well, you're, we we made some mistakes early on. It turned out to be the best thing we ever did. Um, we did some. I did the stupidest thing in the world. I thought. And it came out with some of the best liquor I've ever had. So <laughs> story of this entire business, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I, I do I do experiment. I do test this and that and the other and different ways of doing things. I mean, I've never had formal training in making any kind of distillations. It's all self-taught. Sure. And trial by fire. It's my money. <laughs> <laughs> so it either works or it doesn't. Hopefully it works. But. Uh, we've come up with some really good innovations in our process that makes the liquor super smooth. Okay. And I've literally gone through an entire bottle of liquor in one night, 750 milliliter and maybe actually more. And I think it was about a liter by the end of it. <laughs> it was about a liter that you had gone through. It was like but a I, bottle I, and a third. On my own power, I went back, I went upstairs and went to bed. Someone did follow him up the stairs to make sure he didn't fall back down. <laughs> <laughs> went upstairs i went to sleep got up five in the morning and you know i felt great <laughs> this was kind of a mistake you gotta be careful when you do that because i felt great had no hang no ha no uh, buzz nothing and i went over and i got over to my you know deer park water bottle and got myself a, about a 32 ounce thing of water and, and downed it <laughs> and then i proceeded to go out in the car and start driving to work yeah well that was a mistake. <laughs> Rehydrated me and I got my my uh, buzz back. Yep. I was about three quarters away at work when I when it happened. I was like, oh God, <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it. So I got just finished driving to where I was going. It was only another couple of miles, but I made it there okay. And I think I had a buzz until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my goodness. I, I was, I was, you know, I was completely functional. It was just, I had a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> It was a great day at work. Yeah, I was going to say perks <laughs> Got a lot trade. done because yeah. I really didn't care what anybody <laughs> said to me. Phenomenal. But that was not intended. I was not intending to do that. That was a big mistake. But I know now, don't do that. Right. Okay. So the next one I poured you there is the rum. Okay. This one has a gold medal at the Sip Awards. Ooh. And it is a barrel-aged rum. It's aged in a, a one of our whiskey barrels for about eight months. There's a little bit of color there. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, golden rum. It's a golden, golden rum. rum. It is good. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. That's not alcohol. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> wow. Now, is uh, I forget the laws on rum. Is it is it all sugar cane? Or is that it... is made from molasses. Molasses. Okay. Yes. Uh, rum is required to be a either a... Sugar cane, it can be made with some sugar, with sugar. Uh, they frown upon that, but uh, sugar cane is the basis for rum. I believe the legality says it has to be made from a derivative of sugar cane. Yes, and oh, okay. table sugar technically sugar works, but it makes a very harsh liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's got a really good, nice flavor to it. Yeah, that's uh... and, and like I said, everything I, make, everything I make has to be good out of the bottle. Right. Yeah, that's dangerous. I, uh, 
I'm, I have never been the biggest rum person, but I'm, I've, I'm exploring. My palate is, is widening. Um, but, uh, I find places like this and I'm more of a whiskey guy, but there are a lot of whiskey distillers out there who are making, you know, gins and vodkas well, we haven't and gotten rums. Our, you haven't gotten to our whiskey yet. I know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm warning you. It'll yeah. ruin you. <laughs> Good. Because our whiskey is modeled after McAllen Elegantia Scotch, which is duty free only and not available. Travel exclusive. Yes. Okay. And the bottle he modeled it after was from 1991. Yes. And I ended up making something much better. Oh. Yes. Oh, my, my, some of my friends are McAllen nuts, so I... Uh... Yeah, well, your friends need to come out and visit. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring them a and bottle. You, you'll have to tell them. Because <laughs> you may not want to give them any. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one I have provided you there, that is our moonshine, is 129 proof. It does not taste as strong as it is. Okay. Now, this is a traditional West Virginia moonshine. Uh, it is not like your Tennessee garbage. Sorry, Tennessee, <laughs> your, your shit's garbage. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Whoa. You said 129 proof. 129 proof. You're lying. No, I am not. Wow. Is this the same mash that's going in to make your whiskey yes it is okay because this is just your white dog everything is 100 percent corn except for the except for the uh, rum right wow see yeah the, the, a lot of the craft distillers i've talked to is they swear by their white spirits they're there if you have a good white dog before you put it in a barrel yes yeah, barrel's not gonna make it better no it's, it's not crap before you put it in um oh that's so unique now that's this is the one that has the innovation award Big fancy trophy that took us like six oh, yeah. months to get. I could not figure. I didn't like I said, when we got that trophy, we were like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Pardon my French. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but what is this? And we had to do research and she went online and she looks, she goes, Hey Dad, that's like nine point seven percent of the distilleries in the world. <laughs> the part that he's omitting here is that I was the one who who got the results first yes because well, i got the email while he was dealing with a customer uh, i stopped at a gas station because i was on my way back from somewhere and i called him and i was like we got we got awards on everything <laughs> and i had just looked surface level when i got here about 20 minutes later i looked a little deeper and the customers got to watch us actually react to this wow. but as i as i clicked through i looked uh, i got to the moonshine one and i looked at it and i was like there's a second award in here. <laughs> What's an innovation award? It's, and dad goes, an innovation award? And I was like, yes. What is it? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, I don't know either. <laughs> that appears to be the problem. And so I had to actually look through their website to figure out what an innovation award was. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, I wonder how many people got this. And the part that he the that he didn't uh, note here from the little research chunk was that I downloaded every single winner off of their website and put it through like seven or eight different Excel formulas to figure out the numbers. <laughs> and then I was like, nine point six nine percent of everyone. That's pretty. Cool. That's nuts. Wow. So what is an innovation award? What does that mean? It it distinguishes our product as innovative, groundbreaking, and unique, yes. which is wild to get on, on a, a moonshine. moonshine. Yeah, because it's just well, you've tasted it. It was, and it's phenomenal. I'm, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did they give you any kind of notes or feedback? No, or they, they just... didn't give us anything. We probably could have asked for tasting notes if we wanted them. Yeah, 
But the thing about it is when you have consumer judging like the Sip Awards is, right. it's really hard to get consistent tasting notes because every single consumer is going to yeah, have different. a different kind of feeling flavor profile that they're picking up because they're not trained in alcohol. Right. They don't have tasting experience. Yeah, you have people that sign up and they just basically say, hey, I want to taste this category. Right, right. And these are people that are not in the liquor, liquor industry. That's what the SIP Awards is. Yeah. Not a single person that's tasting the alcohol is in the liquor industry. They're not even allowed to be associated <laughs> with the liquor industry. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, so she couldn't be a no. taster. I couldn't be a taster. You could. Maybe. I'm probably, I, I mean, this is an LLC and I do alcohol tasting, so. You're, You're still not adjacent. affiliated. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, you don't run a business that sells alcohol, that sells produces or... alcohol, yeah. handles alcohol at a high scale. So you do technically qualify. Well, that's awesome. But uh, that's you can't you do. can't talk about it. <laughs> that's the thing is when you're doing the tasting, you can't talk about it because that gives it away. But you also wouldn't know what you were trying. Sequester the jury. Yep. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to rack my brain about what would be, I mean, is there a, a different process that you, I mean, making moonshine is making moonshine. It's a tale no. as old as time. There's, there's a, a different process for everything we make. Yeah. And is, remember that mistake I told you I made early on? Yep. It was the best thing I ever did. It's yep. trade secret. Gotcha. That's good. And yes, <laughs> it does make a difference as you can see the, the consistency across all of the products. Everything is smooth. Everything is very tasty. And like I said, no hangover. And right. I can tell you what gives you the hangover. Uh, yeah. No one will tell you in the liquor industry, but I will. Yeah. Um, it's the yeast oils within the alcohol. Sure. And it's expensive to remove it. It's hard to remove it. And so a lot of people just run it through a charcoal filter so you can't smell it or taste it. And then it makes it taste, make, makes your stuff taste like you're licking a rock. Yeah. Um, that's what a charcoal filter does for you. Absolutely nothing. That's why you hate Tennessee. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln County process. Yeah, whatever. It <laughs> oh, just yeah, it makes your alcohol taste awful. Uh, it has no body to it. I mean, it's one of those things that they have been training people over the last hundred years to accept that kind of garbage, and they shouldn't have to. Right. Right. So awesome. All right, what's this? That is gin. That is our first run gin. Okay. It is um, six botanicals plus, and one of them is juniper. It has black raspberry in it. Uh, it is lemon, legally... orange, coriander, black raspberry, lemongrass, and juniper. It is legally considered a modern contemporary gin, which is a lot of fancy words to say that you're not just tasting juniper. Right. So if you don't like gins, you're probably like that one. I was going to say, I'm not a gin person either. But... Yeah, well, this is, this is a little different. Right. Now, I usually find there is a very, very obvious way to tell which gin people are going to like better. And the question is always to ask what type of wine they prefer. Mm. If they like a dry wine, they're going to like the coriander one a lot better. If they like a sweet wine, they're going to like the black raspberry one. All seven, all six botanicals in both products are exactly the same, except for slightly different, slightly different amounts. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this is fantastic. I can tell it's a gin, but it's really good. It doesn't taste like licking a pine cone? No. Well, that's the thing. See, I, I was ra I, not raised. That sounds like ter terrible parenting. I was I was around. You know, my mom loves gin. Uh, family loves gin. It's always been beef eater or, you know, it tastes like pine salt. Yeah, it tastes like. Yeah, and, that's a good description of a lot of them. So and I, I understand sometimes in a, a good Tom Collins, whatever. But uh, this I, pr I, pr I definitely prefer this. And I also prefer there's a little color here. Is that just the gin or is it? Well, we use a bathtub gin. OK, so. If you if you know the history behind a bathtub bathtub gin in the uh, in the 
prohibition. Mm-hmm. The reason it got called is bathtub gin is they take the alcohol, they dump it in the bathtub, and they throw all the botanicals into the bathtub with it. Let it steep. And let it steep. And then when they went to ha- have their party, people would go into, literally go into the bathroom and di- dip the alcohol out of the bathtub. Right. But there's a reason they did that. Because if Johnny Law came knocking at the door, somebody ran to the bathroom, they yanked the plug, and they delayed the, the delayed Johnny Law downstairs long enough for that thing to drain. And then there's no evidence. All they had in, left in the bathtub was a bunch of botanicals. Right. And that smelled like alcohol, but there's no alcohol there for them to do anything about. So <laughs> that's why it was called a bathtub gin. Now, we do basically the same thing, except we put ours into basically a tea bag. Right. A huge tea bag that we put into a great big stainless steel container, but let it sit in there for as long the time we need to make, make the flavor the way we want it. Yeah. And we pull the tea bag, and then we run it through a very fine filter, which is a 0.05 micron. Wow. To filter out any of the botanicals that got left in the alcohol, and but it doesn't take the color out. So we leave the color in there. Uh, it will fade over time, but it won't affect the flavor. Just don't put our gin into the refrigerator because... The, the freezer. The, uh, the freezer because the freezer somehow does something to remove the flavor. I don't know why. Huh. It freezes out the suspended particles from the botanicals. Don't And it just really makes it taste like regular it alcohol. It's crazy. Wow. But it's happened to a lot of people. The other issue with putting our products into the freezer is, is the that caps break. The, <laughs> the corks and the caps are actually held together with a glue. And the glue so doesn't do them, well. With... It's just kind of... <laughs> The glue doesn't do well with the, with the thing for some reason. I don't know why. I've, talked, it, I've talked to the manufacturer about it, and they're like, I don't know. We, we changed the glue. Good Lord. That's yeah. the other thing we got to worry about. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I just, I mean, I didn't know that was a... I've heard of bathroom, bath, bath, uh, bathtub gin. I didn't know that was still being done in that manner. It generally is not because it's harder to do. Yeah. And it takes, takes a longer. much longer time to do it. Whereas okay. I can run it through the still through a, a, a basket. steam basket, be done in one distillation is five hours. Yeah. Uh, but I don't get the the, the body yeah. and the flavor. Right. Because you don't you don't get that kind of a body and flavor from just running it through a steam basket. It just doesn't happen. Have you uh, was there trial and error there? Did you did you start with the steam basket and say, okay, and then start experimenting? Or was no, it just... I, I never liked the steam basket. Okay. So so the way that we started was... This was my fault. I put... Um, I helped design the gin. So I actually started the infusions for all of the different botanicals individually. Okay. So the way that we blended it was I literally had seven different mason jars with little tea bags of botanicals in them to try to get a flavor profile there and so we kind of blended it from that and then we were like wait this has a funny color and we were like well well now we've got to commit to that part so we opted to go through the whole bathtub gin process even though it takes longer partly because we just thought the color was really funny (laughs) (laughs) that and when we talked about whether or not we wanted to use the steam basket what came up was that we are not a dedicated gin distillery. We don't only make gin. Right. The risk we run using the basket is that we get gin through all of our pipes. And so then everything would taste a little bit like gin. It was just easier to do the infusion outside of the still. And I had less risk of it tasting just like juniper. Yeah, because I, I've I talked to a lot of craft distillers who run into that issue. A lot of them have invested into a separate still, a small 50-gallon still just for their gin. Just for their gin for because reason. of that, yeah. And, um, you know, or, or the steam basket is a lot better to clean the still. Because if you put all the botanicals in, in, in your pot, 
you're scraping away life on that still. You are. Yes. So, I mean, that makes sense. I never even thought about the process you're doing, in a, you know, on a larger scale than just a bathhouse, but interesting. Yeah, it's it's just, it's more interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a better product, I think. Uh, you actually can taste all the botanicals. Yeah. There's the second run gin. This one has a little more black raspberry in it. I can see the color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one has, they all have the same, same basic botanicals. That one has a little less coriander and a little more black raspberry. See, I like that one better. Yep. For probably the exact reason you described it's, with the wine. It's the sweet wine, dry wine thing. People are always confused when I ask them. I'm like, well, do you prefer a sweet wine or do you prefer a dry wine? And they're like, oh, well, why? I was like, for some reason, this is what makes sense. <laughs> for science. This is how the science works. That's very good. Yeah, you know, That one I like specifically in uh, three parts lemonade and one part gin. Mm. And it's really good. It's a good summer drink. So all these botanicals and, and the corn mash, are you doing things local or how does that work? Well, a lot, some of the botanicals you can't get locally. Yeah. Uh, some, whatever ones I can get locally, I do. Whatever I can't get locally, I can't get locally. It's just the nature of the business. Yep. So yeah, we try, we get local when we can. Cool. Very cool. Well, that was great. Um, see, and I, I'm, I'm turned more and more on to gin when people have stories like this. Where, <laughs> You try something out. I've I found that I, I've loved a barrel aged gin. Have you tried experimenting more? I have with... not. Okay. I haven't any barrels to play with, and they're too expensive to ruin one. Right. We're we're currently running the rum through the barrels right now, so that would be why we're not using it for the uh, gin. Yep. But I don't know if after the rum it would even be worth it to put the gin in. Mm. Um, we are playing with swapping out one of our botanicals. Which has resulted in what is effectively a neon green alcohol in a jar upstairs. <laughs> it's an infusion. I didn't put color in it, but it's a funny color. I don't know what to do about that. Engine coolant. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's kind of a weird color. <laughs> I, I have to dilute that one down to an actually drinkable level because I think it's at about 160 right now. Um, so we are we are playing with some new botanicals yeah. with the with that and we have one that's really interesting flavor yeah i have a and i, I have think a, it'll go really well in this okay yeah we have a lady with a local greenhouse oh. um and she offered me a little bit like a probably like a little cluster or two just to play with um i stuck some fresh ones in the alcohol just to see what would happen <laughs> it's neon green now but uh, i also dried a bunch <laughs> of it to see what would happen if i put the dry in but i haven't done that yet it's it's been interesting. We play around with a lot of stuff. That might be kind of a cool marketing thing. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, it would be super funny. I, I looked at it the first time and I was like, is that green? <laughs> and I, I walked over to him and I was like, hey, yo, look at this. Look how funny this looks. He was like, what is in that? And I was like, the leaf. <laughs> I didn't put anything else in here. <clears throat> we don't use artificial colors here. Right, right. Yeah, we don't put anything artificial in anything. Good. Um, and we don't basically put a lot of sugar in anything. I mean, the most sugar you found in here is in the next one after that one you're going to try here, which is about a teaspoon of sugar in a bottle. Oh, we're very health conscious here because I have more. I don't like super sweet stuff. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. Well, the other, alcohol, the other part is our design team is me and him. Uh, and I've got a bucket list of uh, food and health allergies just in general. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that I can't tolerate. That means that we're just not making it. Right. Problem oh, solved. That's fair. That's fair. 
That's part of why our, our uh, cinnamon, cinnamon moonshine doesn't have any uh, sugar in it. Mm. No, I don't want sugar in it. It does it well, ruins that, the flavor. Yeah. That and, you know, it's Especially nice. Especially if you're putting it in other things, you don't want to, you know, you want to be able to add the amount of sugar you want and not get it from your alcohol where you can't control it. Right, right. So the next one I gave you there is our black raspberry. This is the unsweetened version. This is straight black raspberries. Mm. Consequently, it's a little bit of an extract. It may be hard to taste by and itself. And this is a vodka? It is a vodka. Oh, yeah. Is that considered an infusion or how does that? That is an infusion, yes. Okay. That is black raspberries put in a tea bag and soaked in the alcohol until it gets the right flavor and color. Gotcha. You can tell we use a lot of tea bags in this business. <laughs> how did you... Did, was that a did you learn that on your own or did you were you self-taught did you find out from other industry people who were doing that kind of thing and how much of that was a trial and error process to learn when to not let All it steep it. too long yeah that's fun. Uh, we that's found fun we me. found out that the cinnamon moonshine is one of those things that if you let it sit in there one day too long it ruins it wow uh, you have to be it's a very very fine line between being enough flavor and and then turning bitter right right so we we catch it just before it turns bitter so we keep that maximum flavor maximum cinnamon in there but we we remove the cinnamon before it turns into that bitter nasty and it's really hard to do and it towards the end of the time that's it's sitting in there and it could be a difference between a month that you know between batches I mean, it could be three months this time, four months this time, four and a half months next time. But you have to make sure that it doesn't sit in there too long. Because if you let it too short, you don't get enough cinnamon flavor in it. Too long, you get that bitterness. Mm. So we're just kind of towing the line on it. You can see the, the color. Oh, that's dark. That, that that gives you. But we'll try that one last because it's too powerful for... Ruin the palate. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to taste anything but cinnamon for a while. Yeah, we uh, we didn't make industry friends... We didn't really meet a lot of people in the industry until after we've been open for a while. Right. So pretty much all of our innovation is just us. And a lot of it comes from the fact that, like, we know that there's a lot of commercially available syrups and stuff that we could use. We know they're very common. I've been but to they, Tennessee. But they have but the they, nasty aftertaste. Oh, my God. They aren't pleasant mm -hmm. to drink. Um, and for a lot of people, especially people like diabetes and stuff, you can't drink them anyways. Right. Um, and I'm semi allergic to high fructose corn syrup, so we literally can't use it. Right. Um, I hate it. I hate yeah. high fructose corn syrup. I will not use it. That's yeah. why if it's our not entire sugar, Coke machine is sugar sodas. Um, but so all of it has come from, we really, we talk to each other and go, Hey, what if we did this? Like, it could be a bad idea, but like, wouldn't it be kind of funny? <laughs> and then we try things and then it takes us a little while to go through and figure out like when we should stop the infusion process, when we pull the botanicals, when we figure out like, how do we like this flavor profile versus this flavor profile? Right. It's all trial and error here. That's awesome. I mean, do you think that that's I mean, it's cliche to say, do you think that helps in the quality of the product that you are literally, you know, blood, sweat and tears trying things? I mean, how many batches have you gone through? It's like, well, I'm not selling that. And then you finally get to like batch number seven. It's awesome. I think I've poured one batch down. Basically had to re redistill the whole thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've gotten pretty good at judging where where I need to stop. OK, so I I. 
ten I guess I have some kind of a knack in this. <laughs> I, at least my friends friends and family t- tell me that I have a knack at making alcohol. And I just kind of know when I need to stop. Sure. It's like, this has been in there long enough and we need to pull it. Yep. And I think if it sits in more, it's going to ha- do something weird. Right. So I've been good at that. Um, and it's been pretty much me that decides when to pull stuff. Gotcha. We, we, this is the 15th recipe iteration for the whiskey, though. I do want to point that out. It, there was a lot of trial and error in designing. And there were some bad ones. There were, <laughs> believe me, we've had we have had our ups and downs. Oh we've God. had situations that went pretty poorly. Recipe we number nine needs to be pulled. Oh yes, it does. <sighs> we just learned, we just got breaking news right now. Breaking news, yeah. <laughs> I just realized recipe number nine. It should be done by now. I've been wanting. Oh, I've been meaning to be. ask about it. Okay. This one, number it happened to be recipe number nine. We look at it as love potion number nine. <laughs> you know, the, the old movie? Yep, yeah. Um, we made a whiskey that I, um, we added some stuff to it. And I'm not going to tell you right now what it is. I, I want to I say my reaction first. I walk in the door one day and he hands it to me and he goes, try this. And I was like, what is it? He goes, don't worry about it. Just try it. Which again, story of my life. Every (laughs) single product that he has successfully finished, I get a try this. Don't ask questions. But I tried it. But I tried it. And I was like, is this a cream soda? (laughs) He was like, no. I was like, are you sure? Because that tastes like cream soda. (laughs) So it's a cream whiskey. Oh, it literally tastes like cream soda. If it comes out the way we expect it to, it literally tastes like cream soda. And what? Hot take, yes. it's dairy free. There's, <laughs> There's no cream in dairy it. in it. How did you get there? There's a <laughs> process. Know. I know you can't spread the trade secrets, right? <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, it does have cinnamon in it. Okay. But there's a process to making that cinnamon. It is like a chemical reaction with the cinnamon in the whiskey in certain circumstances. And I, and it didn't, and it didn't have, doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time. So if this works out the way I expect it to, which I have not gone out and cracked these barrels, so I don't know what I'm getting at this point. <laughs> so I can't say I can replicate what I did with that bottle that she's talking about. <laughs> but I will be very upset if he can't, by the way. <laughs> I, I will. I really I will one. figure it out. My <laughs> wife basically took the bottles and hid them. <laughs> Okay, she says, nope, nobody's getting these. <laughs> so if this cream whiskey does turn out the way I want it to, I've got the, I've got the ingredient list and everything and all the re- uh, stuff that is out there done and mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, getting it down, bottling it and putting it out as a cream whiskey. And if it takes off like I think it will, then we'll, we'll add that to our lineup. So it's going to be a cream. Actually, it's going to be a cream bourbon. We're we've got we've got a whole host of like little things that are going to be limited time oh, and yeah. other stuff that we've been marinating on for years. Yes, man. And there's some neat stuff that we want to do. I'm sure. Okay, so next up, is this the right one? No, this is not the right one. This is the. Uh, did you do the first sweetened you black, raspberry. black raspberry? Okay. Yeah. This is the one that has a teaspoon of sugar in it. You wouldn't think a teaspoon of sugar would make a difference. So this teaspoon is in the bottle, in the bottle itself, in the bottle. And this is the same as the previous one, just with the added sugar. Essentially. Yes. Okay. That's a big difference. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the difference is basically a teaspoon of sugar between those two bottles. Yeah. If you could add a teaspoon of sugar to that one, it would taste <clears> the same, but t- the sugar actually turns that from an, almost an extract into a flavored 
right alcohol interesting still a high fructose corn syrup right now so what is it what kind of sugar cane is sugar cane pure same cane stuff sugar? you buy from from uh, walmart putting your tea and you know sure cake mix and whatever straight sugar is there any kind of labeling requirement if you add to the bottle itself mm, well if we add it to the batch yeah. it comes out to about a teaspoon i see okay we just did a lot of math at the end. We were like, oh, it's about a teaspoon. My, You know what my dumb brain did? My dumb brain was like envisioning you on the bottle line with a no, teaspoon in each bottle. <laughs> That's not what you're doing at all. That no. would be really funny, no, we put actually. No, we put 20 pounds of sugar in a batch of 400-something. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's not a lot of sugar. It's enough to do something, though. Yes. Wow. It brings out that. It just brings out that extract flavor to an actual flavor. Right. No, it's very good. All right, so this is this is the one that I know you've been waiting for, and you have been to the bigger ones. Yep. Nice, healthy pour. Thank you. My, <laughs> I think my favorite part about the whiskey is the amount of people I get through here because I do a lot of the tastings, um, but I get a lot of people here who go, "Oh, well, I don't like whiskey," and I'm like, "Well, try it." Yeah, try you know, it. you may be surprised. Now this is and a, a lot honey of vanilla whiskey. Surprised. Honey vanilla, okay. And it is a bourbon, technically. (laughs) I just haven't changed the label. Okay. I have the label ready. You have the label ready for the next one. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) This one will ruin you. What's going on there? You tell me. That's like a... I've had $1,000, $2,000 a bottle whiskey that doesn't taste as good. It's super honey sweet. That is... Beyond unique. Wow, what's the proof on that? 80. 80? That's mm-hmm. that's also dangerous. Um It doesn't have a lot of honey in it. No. It's not like it's not like you like the, the stuff you get on a set syrupy honey. Right. It's just a hint of honey in it. Very full body of the liquor. It's it's sweet enough that actually we have a lot of women who really like it, but it's you know, it's and you also just notice that it doesn't there's no there's no stickiness to your palate. You don't have anything that it's sticking to your palate. No. It's clean. It's a very clean and and um, it's when, an effervescent finish. It, yep, it goes and it just away. disappears. And then you're like, damn, I want some more of that. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't dry your mouth. No. That's that's the honey. That's Yeah, it's very pleasant. I, it's a... Uh, the honey and vanilla, obviously, shine through, but there's a little bit of a spice to it, too. That's just the barrel and the, and and the liquor. Just the, that's just the wood notes. Yep. It, this one's got a really good story to it. And how long has this been aged? That one's three years. Three years. Wow. Was that a trial and error? Did you find? We had, it, it, like I said, 15 iterations of our whiskey before we before I even opened the distillery. Okay. I worked on that. That was the reason that we opened the distillery is because of the whiskey. Mm. That's and, a, it's a good <clears throat> four or five years of trial and error on just the whiskey. Gotcha. But I'm like I said, I was I couldn't get the Macallan Eleganche anymore because 1991. It's about two thousand dollars a bottle now. Yeah, I have thirty four bottles of it <laughs> sitting at the house in boxes, unopened. Oh my goodness! Collecting dust, untouched, collecting dust. In they a haven't cabinet. been moved in the last four years. It's a good minimum, investment. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to be selling those. If anybody wants 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 some of those bottles, let me know because I have a lot of them, and that's. I can use the money. Well, I know someone who wants one. <laughs> one of my associate producers uh, 
Nick. He he loves his it's the, uh, it's McAllen. The, it's the blue box. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, he's gonna lose his mind. I've got like 30, 34 or thirty six bottles. I think it's thirty six, unless you've sold two in the last month. No, I sold one bottle to Adam. I think thirty five. Thirty five then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I, I like that a lot. I I'm I'm a little speechless because it, it doesn't. This is one hundred percent corn. Yes. It doesn't taste like that. And not in a bad way, because there's I've had corn whiskey, right? Yeah. Corn whiskey is pretty run in the mill. It's now, the you do realize that the moonshine you tried earlier is the same is the actual corn, the base for this whiskey. Right. The only difference is it's been in a barrel and it's got the got, you know, honey and vanilla in the honey and vanilla in the barrel with it. Gotcha. So is it you're adding actual honey and vanilla into yes. the barrel to mingle? Yes, I am. With, OK, so it's actually the, the amount of honey that goes in the barrel. Well, some of it soaks into the wood. Some yep. of it goes into the alcohol. Yep. And then the vanilla, actually, we use actual vanilla beans. We're talking, you know, the damn vanilla beans are expensive. <laughs> uh, we probably add $100 in vanilla beans to a barrel. Sure. Just to get a really good body of the vanilla. Yeah. And it is, for a lot of people, it is very much in the style of like an Irish whiskey or a scotch. So people will taste that and they'll say, well, this reminds me of an Irish whiskey. Yeah. Because it's generally styled like one yeah like i said this is modeled after mccallan elegantia scotch and it is of that quality or better i've actually had people mccallan 25 year old scotch mm -hmm. i have had a blind taste testing where i poured both this one got picked every time it's like oh this is the good one this is the expensive one it's like nope that's mine <laughs> well there's something you said about that want some more i would love some you're my hero right now that's that's so a testament to a small craft distillery, family run, has an idea, does some stuff, and makes a good whiskey. I love that. And 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 what are you selling the bottle for? About 40. 40 bucks. 42. 42. 40, yeah. I mean. And I, we know we're low on the price, but we're trying to get it out there. Sure. It's not going to stay that low forever. Well, and, and nor should it. Um, well, maybe if the economy gets better, but. <laughs> As gas prices go up, so does your whiskey. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, we haven't raised our prices as much as we probably sh should be. Uh, but again, we're just getting established. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. And you said you're also aging bourbon. Yes, I have the bourbon ready to bottle. It's actually in the tote right over there, straight down there. Okay. Uh, four year is ready to bottle. I just have to get the labels and and bottle it, and then we'll have the four year bourbon out. And is that the same as this minus the honey and van vanilla? No. Nope. Oh, no, it's exactly It's got the, the honey and vanilla. It's just been aging it's longer. The, it's literally the same, but it's a, a much longer age. Oh. It's a year older. Okay. And it's smoother. And actually, we can pull some of that, and I'll, you can try it. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no to that. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Just put some in a cup. So I know we still have the cinnamon to go through, but yes. is this is this your 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 creme de la creme? Is this, what, is this your baby? That is, that's one of them. Okay. I mean, I, I actually have one of these sitting on my bed stand, and this is pretty much what I'll, I'll <laughs> soup, sip on when I'm going to bed. Or, right. You know, if I've had a long day, I'll pour myself, you know, two ounces, have a shot, watch TV, whatever. Yep. It's this one, and I'll do the cinnamon also. The cinnamon, I like, I'll take that one and I'll put it in a little bottle and then add sugar and shake it up until the sugar stops dissolving. Uh -huh. You ever had an atomic fireball? Yeah. That's what it tastes like. Really? Exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
So those are the two the two that I'll sit up there and, and enjoy. Um, my wife, the whiskey's her go-to. Yeah. Kate, okay, which was pretty funny because she grabbed a black raspberry the other day and she's like, I got a whiskey. I said, I saw you with a black raspberry. She goes, I was a whiskey. <laughs> and she she went up the next night. And she looked at the looked, looked at the bottle. And she's like, damn it. It's a black raspberry. <laughs> have you so while she's grabbing that, have you have you experimented or thought about going more into like bottled and bond or finishes with wine casks or we're not that, that big I, yeah uh, once we get a little bigger maybe okay. okay getting a hold of wine casks is too hard personal preference i don't want to deal with that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how much i trust other people's alcohol yeah that's the other problem that's a good point you get some some stuff in there that you don't want um and our standards are pretty high uh we don't want anything artificial we don't want to contaminate our alcohol you'll notice that our bottles they tend to have the water droplets in here yep that's because the water is so pure in there that it wants to evaporate really quickly ah we use actually ro water to dilute our alcohol down really so it's there's nothing in that water so you have pure water and you have the alcohol they generally don't do that in most products they use like the tap water right but we use ro water to top off our bottles which also gives it that that condensation in the top of the bottle it's not because it's 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 um, diluted down or anything like that. It's because the water is so pure it wants to evaporate. I've never heard of that before. That's amazing. That yes. makes so much sense. Yeah, as for like the the bottled and bond thing, I think if I'm remembering right, the qualifications for okay, that you are that. like um, what was it? That's our four year. Distilled by one distiller in one season and then um, stored in a federally bonded barrel house and something like that um i really don't know how you <laughs> look on his face was priceless <laughs> i'm sorry you're, you're you're talking about stuff and i'm drinking whiskey yes. yeah, no, I don't, th this happens a lot <laughs> i'm familiar with this That's okay special. first reactions on our four-year bourbon um pre-release pre-release yeah the so the 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 general tasting notes of the of the of the whiskey is the same but it's much more mellow yes and it has a lot more of that wood sugar flavor and yes. there's a bit of a, a tobacco leathery note that i'm getting yep that's all barrel oh it's so good <laughs> that's so good the color's not too much different the color is very similar but the flavor is a the world's difference flavor is the color actually i think is a little bit darker on the four um, a, yeah, you don't bit. see it in a the bit, kind yeah. of trace amounts that you have, but it is very slightly darker. Not enough to be particularly noticeable, but the smell is very different. Yeah, the, the nose is much more uh, honey forward. The other one, I got a lot more vanilla and mm -hmm. whiskey traditional, but the, the uh, corn sweetness. But this is very, very honeyed on the nose, but barrel toasted. Yes. Toasted caramel, a little bit toffee there. Oh man, this is phenomenal. It's a good side by side. It's yes. a good party trick. Yeah. So it gives you an idea of what we're what, how we're how we're progressing. Mm -hmm. As we get older, this this liquor is going to get older and older and older and have more and more story behind it. Yeah. So, you know, once we get to like five, six, seven year whiskeys, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, we're almost reaching having five year. Five year right will be. Yeah. We'll have five year in April or May. Yeah. Okay. Well, it'll it'll be five years old because we are we'll be five years old in December 15th. OK, cool. 
So April, May, June timeframe is when the barrels will get to five year and I probably will not pull them until January, of the January next year. for the simple fact that we filter our whiskey by literally putting it outside when it's Sub minus when it's zero degrees until it literally freezes and then we'll run it through our filter because we don't have a chiller. So that's your chill filtration. <laughs> that's our chill filtration. We we set it outside until it freezes. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Jeez. It's a poor man's uh, filtration system. Oh my god, that's amazing. Then we'll bring it in, we'll run it through the filter and then we we'll, then we can bottle it. <laughs> but our chill filtration is mother nature. Wow. So and mother nature that's... is very opinionated on when she chooses to yes, do it these is. things. And it's generally in January. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions too is that you know, part of <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> i just handed him up another glass with some whiskey in it but one of my questions was going to be about you know as a small craft operation this is i mean this is this is yours you if you yes. if you tomorrow want to wake up and you're like you know what i'm gonna put gin in a in a vodka raspberry barrel and age it with rum you can do that it might be terrible but you can do that i can't those experimentations and those you know playing around you know, that 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 long leash that you have you know, probably limited to you and your wife, maybe your daughter sometimes. Too. Yeah, she's she's. <laughs> I've got a, she's a bad vodka influence. somewhere upstairs. Okay? But she's she's technically a whiskey. Uh, associate whiskey taster. I'm looking at doing the whiskey bourbon professor. steward yeah. through what was it, Thief and Stave? I think oh, yeah. it was. Thief and Stave, looking yeah. at doing the bourbon stewardship through that because okay. I. And, and what really disgusted I, I her about through. the whole class setup was yeah. the whiskey no university. The university. Don't don't call them out like this. <laughs> no hate on them, but I went through six of their classes, and there it, it was, was like so a propaganda much, push. There was so much focus on just the big distilleries and their contributions and efforts in prohibition mm -hmm. and pre-prohibition. And I'm like, well, where's the focus on the actual product, the things that are important in making a good product? What what really yeah, that matters? Wasn't, that here? wasn't there, and, that, and, and I just it was wasn't missing. getting that. Okay. And I, I I went through the classes, and I was like, I would not pay three hundred dollars to take twenty more of these classes. Yeah, I've always been curious what gimmicks are out there. I know because Whiskey Tribe it was, does it. It was more of a hey, Jim Bean did this, Jack Daniels did this, and it's like that's not the kind of information I would expect from a a like a quote unquote university. Right. I would expect, you know, this is this is the qualities that make a good whiskey. This is how you how the these distilleries are making these these whiskeys and things like that instead of, you know, I, a I propaganda not, course yeah, on I was not thrilled about spending at least an hour every single class just talking about the founder of one particular brand. Or the story of one particular brand, which is not necessarily accurate. Yeah, it's like more of a history lesson. Than it is. Yeah, it, it was is. very much a history lesson, and it was just. I, I, I mean, the classes went over. They went Jack Daniels and how how they got the Lincoln County process coded into law, and then how that affected the other distilleries trying to make a Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> And then the one exception to there the rule was a lot they of predated the rule. Right, we it, paid lawmakers to do this. For there was us, a there so, was yeah. a lot of subnotes of the lobbying, the way that they were playing the rules, the way that they the were payoffs. creating the rules. Yeah. Let's be real; it's yeah. all payoffs. Well, I mean, and 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 I know sips sips and San Francisco Spirits uh, Awards are the are one of the few, two of the few that don't 
mean, there's a lot of awards out there. You can just send a check with your whiskey and like give me an award and they send you an award and you get a plaque. Yeah, well, World Spirits Award Competition is not one of those. And right. Neither is SIP Awards. Right. That's what I'm SIP saying. Awards is bad. It's hard to get an award there. Right. And we got awards on everything on our first try. And it gives you credibility because of it. Yeah. If you and go we're to gonna some, do it again. You no, know, you as you should. You deserve it. Yeah, we went I, to a uh, we went to a trade show in late September, and uh, obviously it's brands that are selling into West Virginia. It's the West Virginia State Trade Show. Sure. Um, obviously it's a closed event, specifically for the liquor store owners and the producers and whatever. So going there, I actually looked around um, and I made rounds a bunch of times because I like to talk to people. She's a squirrel. I am a squirrel. I picked up a lot of things. I love picking things up. But I make friends with a lot of the people around us. So I was getting there and I was looking at them and there were only two brands there who were showcasing SIP Award wins in the entire place. And they had the entire Diageo lineup. Oh, yeah. And us, obviously. But I don't count us because obviously we're showcasing our awards. Yeah. But the two that I saw, one of them was um, was a Japanese ocean aged whiskey. And, and that, that got an had innovation a, award that had an in innovation award in 2020. And that was, that I was think the, only, the one. only other innovation award I'd ever personally seen. You aged it at sea. They yeah. aged it in the And ocean. we got it on our moonshine, which baffles me. How yeah. do you get an innovation every, award? Every time on, I talk about this, I'm like an innovation on award on like the most well-known American product. <laughs> yeah. Moonshine. I, want, I, I don't know. I want to know. But so do I. That's wild. If you find out, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> now you want to show you something interesting about our bottles. Each one of these bottles has something on the on the side of them, a little blurb that I've put on them. We, we kind of have fun with these. Yeah, we do have uh, some fun I with was these. the first person to catch the blurb on this one. I believe it's the other side. No, that's right. He's he's right. got it. Oh no, I guess so. This, this is this is just your moonshine. Yes. Yep. And it says, "The pure heart of the West Virginia mountains. This is the private stash that the moonshiners keep for themselves in true man cave fashion." Read that try again, because you screwed that, that up. Yeah, right. <laughs> the pure heart of the West Virginia mountains. This is the private stash that the moonshiners keep Not for the what? Read that again. <laughs> just the one word. Moonshiners. Moonshineers. Mo- moonshineers. Mountaineers. Mount. Okay. We had a very little, very subtle. I'm tricking my, 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 my eyes. Hi, it says moonshine people, ears. Yeah, a lot of I'm people actually old. overlook that, but I caught it the first time I read it, and I was like, "Did you mean to do this?" He goes, "Not at first, but now I do." Oh, I went to school. I swear. Right. I'm gonna do it again. The, the pure heart of the West Virginia mountains. This is the private stash that the moonshineers keep for themselves in the true man cave fashion. So we, it's kind of a throwback to West Virginia University, which is where I went. Okay. And where my brother currently goes. Yes. Each one has a different saying on, on the side of the bottle. That's cool. I'm not going to read through all. But no. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I love that. Man is your last name. Yes. M-A-N-N. M-A-N-N, correct. Where did Man Cave come from? A do you see the, do you see the cave? Yes, on the, on that the bottle. That is where the water comes from. Ah, you said that earlier. Okay. There so, is two caves up on the mountain, both of them in the back of the caves. And they hit a water vein, mm. and it is an artesian spring. Okay. There's actually a third one up there, but I haven't found it yet, and I don't have the money to dig for it right now. <laughs> so I don't have the time to dig for it. I don't have the time, sir. but if, once we get some actual money, then we can go up there and dig for the third one and get, get it opened up. But um, it's a water vein that, that we dug into, that they dug into, and it ended up closing those hand-dug mines. Mm. 
So when we opened up the mines, they were full of water. We flooded the valley when we cracked them open because it was about 500 feet of a, basically a five foot diameter mine shaft going about 500 feet into the mountain that we opened up at one time and it flooded the whole valley down here. For anyone trying to do the math, it was a lot of water. <laughs> yes, a buttload of water. <laughs> God. But uh, yeah, and these springs have never gone dry in living memory. So in the last big drought, which everything everything dried up, including the rivers, this was the only water running in the county. Wow. So, um, so I'm not worried about the water stopping or anything. Sure. Because it never has in Very the last cool. hundred years that I know of. And how far away is that from here? It's about 1,500 feet up the hill. It's up almost at the top of the hill up here. Okay. And about 100 feet in elevation above the distillery. So it comes down here at gravity feed and uh, goes into the water filtration system back here, which uh, we have a couple of booster pumps that boost the pressure from 40 pounds, which is gravity feed to about 65 pounds. Okay. And then it goes through our filtration system, goes through one... One set takes out the iron in the water. Next set takes out it is carbon filtration. The last set is water softeners. And then what goes in the alcohol goes to additional step, which goes into the RO system, which is that big 2,000-gallon tank right there. I see. And okay. that's 2,000 gallons of RO water we use for cleaning the still and for bottling. Wow. So we have extensive uh, water uh, cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> to, to say the least. That's neat that you have it, though, like right, right in your backyard. Yeah. You know, just part of the... Part of the nature. I yep. love it. All right. So the last is the cinnamon bomb. Last is our cinnamon moonshine. Now this has two gold medals and a double gold medal. Double gold at the World Spirits Competition, a gold at the World Spirits Competition, and a gold at the SIP Awards. And it is true cinnamon. It is nothing like you've ever had. We were actually the ones, once we did this, next thing we knew, we saw cinnamon and moonshine coming out from everywhere. And... The other thing is our black raspberry gin. So some company in Canada decided they, they were going to make black raspberry gin after we made it and got awards at the at the SIP Awards and the World Spirits Competition. So uh, we are setting standards, whether we whether people realize it or not. We're right. just a little tiny podunk, you know, <laughs> distillery, but we're actually setting world world spirits changes. Yeah, oh, I, that's. Have you found it? I mean, you've been around since 2018. Yes. December 15th, 2018. So basically 2019 is when we use yeah. 15 days of 2018. <laughs> Have you found that your name is getting more notoriety in the spirits world? Because yes. the market might be different yes. because the market is weird, but the spirits market is weird. So. But as we get more known, we, we, we do have a big following. Everyone who pretty much comes out here comes back. Okay. Uh, we have people to come from out of state religiously every year. Okay. Um, when they come through West Virginia, they stop here and they pick up, a, you know, alcohol. It's like, well, I ran out of alcohol. I need to pick up some more. <laughs> I like to hear that people are actually drinking our alcohol. Alcohol is not meant to be sitting on your shelf and stagnating for 55 years. Like those 36 bottles that you have? Yeah. <laughs> those are more an investment at this point. <laughs> Just giving you shit. <laughs> but you know what? I bought them because I was drinking that a lot. And then I made my own and found out I like mine better. That's fair. You know, what What can I say? That's No, that's fair. But you're, they're selling for like 1700 bucks a bottle right now online. $1,900. Yeah. $1,900 a bottle. Thank you. My daughter, every year it goes up another two, two $300. It'll continue to go up. The yeah. market is dumb. You can buy yeah. a, buffalo, a new brand new Buffalo Trace $35 bourbon right now and sell it for $75 in the secondary market. It's you could. insane. Yes. You could. 
but do you want somebody wants to <laughs> wants to come buy my 36 bottles come talk to me <laughs> i have them for sale all right but they cinnamon, ain't cheap. cinnamon moonshine yes first this, of all it smells like cinnamon christmas <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. smells like cinnamon. We have people that use this for making shrimp scampi. We have people use cooking. Oh. I had uh, a lady demolish an entire bottle using it for nothing but baking. And then she had to come in and get another bottle because she ran out. Absolute delight of a lady. That would be good. Like in a, have you ever had a, like a bourbon ball? Yeah. Or a rum ball? Yeah. I that. have a recipe for one that I need to try with ours now because... Uh, I saw the recipe and I was like, well, my aunt made one last year. I didn't try it, but I bet I could do better. And you could use it for icing. You make a cinnamon, a yeah. alcoholic cinnamon icing like on cake. Cinnamon. We need to do that. Yes, I, do. I had this, a... Th for Thanksgiving. I've got a German spice cake recipe. How about white cake with cinnamon icing? Well, that's no fun. I like it, though. That, that's... I'm going to put in the tomato <laughs> cake just to know you. Oh, good God. <laughs> She found a recipe for some kind of tomato soup cake I, or something. Don't sounds, don't even go there. I think they're so funny. I, I like to look at these and I like to sometimes I like to experiment with them, mostly because it upsets him, but sometimes it turns out really well. Like mm. I may I have a chocolate whiskey pie recipe that he gets mad at me for not now making. Take what's left of that and drop it into the bourbon and then try it. You're doing magic on me. Oh, absolutely. That's about all you need. Potion making. So I will say before I try this, that. Uh, cinnamon moonshine by itself is probably the best cinnamon flavored thing I've had. There's a lot of cinnamon things on the market taste like they're very sweet. Chemical. Yes. Chemical. I was going to say synthetic. Yes. Chemical. That is real. That is real cinnamon a pound per gallon. Are, is, 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 cinnamon chips. Okay. That is not a flavoring. That is cinnamon chips. Wow. I don't play around with artificial garbage. No, I, lo I love that. That's All of our stuff is infusions. And the infusions are really hard to do because a lot of some of the, we've tried peaches. We don't get any any flavor out of them. Right. We've tried apples. We don't get any flavor out of them. The, the black raspberry works great. We haven't tried blackberry yet, but we may do that. Mm -hmm. um, well, we're looking for things that will actually give you good flavor in the alcohol. Right. So we've, we've had several experiments that were basically, no, this is not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So... It's again. It's the process. We, we we could we could go and get flavoring and do that, but that's not how we want to roll. No. So that I I think that's a testament to your credibility as a as a whiskey maker as a spirit maker that you're you you care about that. Yep. That quality. Well, this has been an awesome experience. Tell me before we before we get off of this, what are some things we can look forward to from Man Cave? Because you, you guys have already alluded to all the awards you've gotten, all the all the things you have, your your bourbon that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Is there anything that we can look forward to in the next couple of years that is going to set Man Cave on the map? Because I'm I'm a fan now. I'm going to come. <laughs> I, I, I'm from Wisconsin, so yeah. I'm going to figure out a way when I'm leaving Virginia to stop by West Virginia every time. That's what my cousin does, who also uh. lives in Wisconsin. <laughs> so pretty soon we're hoping to have our little mystery product um bottled and ready to go because we did just enter it into another award competition um hoping to enter that into two we'll see how that goes we'll also enter it into the sip awards yes so we're entering it in the sip awards and then, and then a, a we expect another innovation award because it. it's a new liquor <laughs> innovation yeah. innovation yes yes yeah. so i'm keeping the other award uh, a secret for now okay. because I like it to be a surprise for people when we come out to say that we've we've entered this competition. 
Um, partly because I've been watching some other distilleries here enter competitions the year after us. Yes, it's pretty funny. It's <laughs> we've we've been kind of setting the precedent for West Virginia. I saw I saw a uh, a news article that specifically called out our wins as f- for being the motivation for this other distillery to enter, which is so. great. We it's love wonderful. It. We love them. We're very supportive. Yeah, but but I lo- I want to keep it a secret. <laughs> she's she's funny. just for fun. Um, <laughs> so we're hoping to get that entered. We're coming out with the four year bourbon. Um, we've been playing with a different industry because <laughs> we we've never learned what our lane is and we never will apparently. <laughs> so you can actually see it over there. Um, oh, that's another way you got to try. Let him try. We've been fermenting mead for the last six oh, you're months. Doing mead. We're oh, I love mead. Um, we're ho- we're yes. we're looking at some areas, looking to expand. Um, we're hoping to come out with that in the next five years or so. Okay. Um, no promises on when that happens. We're we're solidifying the recipe, but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, you just you just teed me up, so I'm okay. So mead. the mead. Yeah. We're looking for a place to to make that. Now that is a traditional. Semi-traditional Viking mead. <laughs> there is two things in it: honey and water. <laughs> That's just a honey mead. You yes, can, it you is can a honey tell mead. we like honey in this business. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, that right there is made from literal Costco honey, oh. and it has a special yeast that I've added to it, and it's fermented for about five months. Okay. And aged for another three months. <laughs> so it takes about eight months to make that. Yeah. And you you can taste the it's about 30 30 proof that right there will knock you on your butt. Oh, yeah. You can't it taste like and you can I drink mean. that all day long. And it'd be like you be, I, I made the mistake of taking a 16 ounce glass and, and I was just like drinking it. Next thing I know, I was like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have like five IPAs in one day. You're like, oh, I'm yeah, just drinking beer. My sister can't get enough of that. My family is like, you need to make this. So. We can't make it here according to state law, so we have to find another place to actually make that. That's the reason we have not started producing that, but I do have the means and the capability to do that, and we will be doing that at some point. You can't make mead because of state law? Yes. Well, We're not okay. in this building. We can't make it in here because while... I'd have to build another building. Yeah, while someone can actually have, uh, as a recent development, somebody now who works in a liquor industry, alcohol industry, can hold a secondary license for a different part of the liquor industry so as distillers we could also hold a winery license the only problem is we can't have it share the same space so so even while, though i could make that in here i'm not allowed do that in this room we actually can't we'd have to build a secondary area for it to have a literal line of separation and we can't have the same the tasting businesses. room it's so backwards <laughs> it is it's Remnants of the Prohibition era. It is. That's because we never moved past Prohibition. I mean, for a while, I mean, up until what, like two years ago, you still couldn't sell on Sundays in West Virginia. You couldn't sell alcohol at all. No beer, no wine, no liquor. Not at all. Um, I think we only recently made all of our dry counties wet. I think we still have probably a couple dry cities. Sure. Last I checked. Um, Obviously, we're still... um, for the most part, it's a little bit frowned upon to sell on religious holidays, Christmas, Easter. Um, what was it? What's it? Uh, there's another one that I don't remember. But I know Christmas and Easter, you're not really like they they kind of don't want you selling on them. 
Right. We're not open Christmas and Easter, so forget it. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a there's a law in the state constitution. Oh my god, I love this one. Section six, Article forty six <laughs> says, I quote this all the time. Um, says uh, you can't sell. Uh, it, it prohibits the sale for consumption uh, or alcohol intoxicating alcohols for this uh, sale for consumption in a public place or saloon. Um, essentially what that means is you can't sell alcohol that someone could drink in a public place. You can't sell it for people to drink. That means that every single state or every single bar, club, in this state is considered a private establishment. Okay. Additionally, that means that we legally are not allowed to charge for tastings because that would make us a saloon. And saloons are illegal in and West Virginia. And that's so illegal by the state constitution, there isn't a way around it. That also means that technically speaking, uh, wine and beer in the state of West Virginia are considered non-intoxicating alcohols in order to allow them <laughs> to, to get be around served. this law. In the state of West Virginia. Welcome to the state constitution. We have a lot of fun And here. you thought Virginia was bad. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just say government government in general is bad. And I believe, I believe the intoxicating alcohol limits are 14.2% for wine and something around 5 to 7% for beer. Yeah, those are relics of the past. They just haven't changed them. And it's, it impedes small businesses. It does. I mean... And the, and the tax on a bottle of liquor is about 70%. Really? Just so you know. That's all tax before you even get to the sales tax. We really do love the state here. <laughs> it's good, okay, good so, recovery. So the state gets 32% plus about 4 or $5 from us. Right. And then when the state goes and transfers it to a liquor store, they tack on another 30% or more. I believe it's thirty-one percent. Thirty, roughly, the, it's between thirty and thirty-five percent. Yeah, and and then you get to the sales tax, which is on the liquor, which is twelve, twelve percent in the it's state. It's like seven, six and plus five, five six, eleven, eleven percent. And then you that's have your state an, sales tax. And then and if you're municipal. in a town, and you're going to have another one percent, so you're talking about twelve percent tax that you're paying on top of that. So we get about. Less than $10 a bottle. Uh, and then we have the really fun part where the liquor stores are entitled to 2% of our gross sales. Yes. In West Virginia, they get 2% of our gross sales here at the distillery because they have they have quantified the extortion of our business into law. Um, it's, it is, and I quote, I believe, for the privilege of being able to sell our own alcohol from our own establishment. Yes. As of what and was it was like 10, 10 percent. You couldn't do that. Yeah. No, it was 10 percent. It was 10 percent. 10 percent of gross. It's been whittled down to 2 percent, but it's still state sponsored extortion. Of course. We we did point blank ask them why it was gross sales and not profit. But yeah. Yeah. Gross I mean, I mean, sales. she felt a little bad about that part. She's like, she hasn't changed. Is it yet. really? <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. Nah. I, I could I could almost guarantee that's you. gross, not net. It should be two percent of net. I understand that, but two well, percent of gross—that's ridiculous. I could guarantee you that most people who are working in in, in the state legislature today have no idea the nitty gritty 
deep down oh, part. It's okay. That's why they deal with me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a 21 year old going into the into I'm the. 22. Okay, 22 now, but you were 21 at, at the time. I was going in there and giving the legislature all kinds of help. And, Good and tearing them apart. It's Good really fun when I quote their own demographic numbers at them. And that well, they they don't even know it. You no, they know didn't. more than they do. But they were stunned. Jesus. Well, Anyways, we don't get invited to the meetings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say uh, to both of you, thank you for having me here. This is this has been an awesome showcase of what a small craft operation who cares about their product and the quality of what's going into their product can do. I mean, all the awards speak for themselves. Um, and I, I'm excited to share some of your whiskey and, and other products with my friends. Let them know that you're here. I, I just, I'm appreciative. So thank you so much. This has been a, an absolute pleasure. And... Uh, what better way to do it than in the distillery itself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cheers to both of you. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The more reviews, the easier we are to find. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on social media so you never miss any of our updates. Be sure to share this episode with your friends, and always be sure to drink responsibly. There are quite literally thousands of distilleries, so we're just getting started. Stay tuned for more conversations with master distillers, distillery owners, mixologists, and even bar owners, and more. Cheers. Cheers.